Well, good morning, Stone Creek. Come on, glad to be here. Glad to be here with you guys. If we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Sean Curry. I'm the student pastor here, and I am pumped to be here. And like, let me just get this out of the way real quick. I'm the student pastor, so I'm usually around students, and we like to get hype, okay? Like, we like to get loud. And so you might hear me get loud. You might hear me yell a little bit. I'm just going to be honest right now. Like, it's not yelling at you. It's bringing you passionately along with me, okay? That's what it, that's what it is. And so if I yell, just know. It's not at you. I just get very excited because I'm excited about what God has for us to talk about today. See, we're talking, we're in this series called Devoted, and we've been looking at the early church and the things that the early church did and the the things that the early church leaned into to see the growth and the multiplication that the early church saw. Because if maybe, just maybe, if we could implement some of those things, we would see our church look different than it's ever looked, look more, uh, look grow like it's never grown, and we'd see ourselves grow like we've never grown grown before. And so today, the thing that I'm going to be talking about, the person I'm going to be talking about is the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm very excited uh, because I feel like the Holy Spirit, um, if you don't know, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. So there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think so often the Holy Spirit is the most neglected person of the Trinity, right? We can get down with Jesus. We're like, okay, cool. He died on a cross for us. That's awesome. We can get down with the Father. We're like, yeah, he's creator of the universe. He's my heavenly Father. But then the Holy Spirit, we're like, I don't really know what to do with you. So I'm going to put you on the back burner and I'm going to keep rolling on in my faith. Right, and that's that's often where we 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 go as followers of Jesus. Well, today I'm going to try to flip the script on that. See, I think I think today we need to bring the Holy Spirit back to the forefront of our lives. Though we need to bring the Holy Spirit back to the forefront of our church, back to the forefront of our faith, because only in the Holy Spirit do I think we see the revival that we're longing to see. And if you don't know what revival is, it's this churchy word that we use. Maybe you've never heard it, or maybe you have this perception of it that's the old church, that's this more traditional aspect of church. Let me change it for you. I'm going to redefine this word revival for you. See, what I believe revival is, it's a, it's a movement of the Spirit that awakens people to the real Jesus. A movement of the Spirit that awakens people to the real Jesus. If, if we can agree, I think we could all would be on the same page that we want for people to encounter the real Jesus. We ourselves want to encounter the real Jesus, and I firmly believe that we will never understand who the real Jesus is for us without the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm passionate about this. I'm convicted by this. And I think that today, we as a church, God has something for each of us and uh, for us as a whole as we dive into the Spirit. Y'all ready? Come on, let's pray and we'll dive in. Jesus, I'm so grateful for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be in this time. You would be in these moments. Lord, I pray that as uh, I speak, that it would be your words leading and guiding me. I pray that I could lean on you in this time. And Lord, as a result, Lord, I pray that our people would see you in a new way, that they would lean into your spirit in a new way. And Lord, I pray that you would bring out revival like we've never seen before as we lean into your spirit like never before. Lord, equip us, encourage us, and show us more of you today. We love you. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. So it's March, right? And let me tell you, I love the month of March, okay? For a few reasons. Let me explain. First one, I love March Madness. Y'all love March Madness? Like, hands, show of hands. Anybody love March Madness online? Drop in the comments who your favorite team is. We'll see if they make it. But the reason we like March Madness is even if you don't like basketball, you like beating the people around you, right? Like, even if you like, you fill out the brackets and like, there, there is like, my mom has won my family's bracket pool every year and I don't think she understands what a basketball is, okay? Like, she still wins. 
and it's very frustrating. But we, we, we love it because we like to beat the people around us. We like to say, hey, I know you. My bracket's a little bit less bad than yours, okay? They, they're all busted at some point, but we love it. So I love that about March. Another thing I love about March, uh, this March is specifically, is two days ago, I finished grad school. Hello, come on. I'm pumped. Listen, I got my master's in divinity now, so like I feel like I can actually preach now this message. You know, it's good. It's a pup. Excited to be here. And then another four days, March 18th is my birthday, so feel free to send gifts on Thursday. It's like my love language. So I'll take them all to address to Sean Curry here at Stone Creek. It'd be great. I would love it. Love the gifts. But I love March. And in high school, I love the month of March even more. Let me tell you why. For those of you who don't know, the month of March in high school is usually when a guy will ask a girl to prom. Okay? And here's what you need to know about me if you don't know. I love love. Okay? Like, I love it. I, I am a hopeless romantic, and I'm not ashamed of it. Like, you might be like, oh, this is weird he's saying this. It's not. I'm pumped about it. Okay, listen. I, I love chick flicks. Passionately. Okay, love them. I love rom-coms. They're great. Okay? If you don't like them, you're lying. You like them. Okay? Like, I, lo- I love it. I love Taylor Swift. Like, you know, like, all she sings about is love, whether the good or the bad or the ugly of it. But, like, I love it. I love love. And so, in this month of March, I would get very passionate about love because of these things called promposals, okay? If you've never heard of a promposal, it's more of a new age term, but promposals are pretty much this. It's, it's a large expression of romance to ask somebody to go to prom with you. Like think proposal, but kids bop edition. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I, I love, like promposals were big for me in high school. And like, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not even going to be humble about this. I won. Like I win every year. Okay. Like, like I was like, this is a competition and I'm going to win. Okay. I, I love proposals. So in high school, my junior year, I was uh, dating this girl and I was like, man, I am going to win. I'm going to win this year. And this girl like loved country things. So she was very country. So she liked like horses and country music and cowboy hats, I think, or barns. Okay. I don't know. I don't, as you can tell, I am not, okay? I am very Milton through and through. I, I don't live in Canton. So like, you know, it's just not my, not my thing. But one day in high school, I was driving through Canton, Georgia, and I, I saw this abandoned barn behind this person's house, as you do in Canton, Georgia. And I was like, okay, like I'm gonna have this Bold move, bold ask to go ask some rando to use his barn for my promposal. Okay, so drive up in this neighborhood, walk a mile up to the door because the driveway is so long, knock on the door, he answers, and he's a nice dude. And I was like, hey man, listen, I explained the situation. I want to ask this girl to prom, and I want to use the barn because she loves country things. Okay, and I know she loves barns. And so, and so she, he's like, yeah, I mean, you can use my barn, but like, it's, it's not been cleaned out in a while. And I was like, uh oh, okay. That's great. He's like, Yeah, I just you just gotta clean it out and then you can use it. And I said, Oh, okay, cool. So I got one of my friends come over. We we went down there and this thing was disgusting. Okay, like I mean, like it took us two days to shovel all the horse poop out of it and like sweep the floors and he he had us repaint the fence around it. That feels like it had nothing to do with it. And then like I had to get rid of cobwebs. And I'm like, at one point I'm like, this is just free child labor and it's you're breaking child labor laws, but it's okay. I'm around it, I'm cool with it because I get to use it for my proposal. And so I get it all decked out. I hang lights. I get these like little bags that I personally like poke holes in the shape of a heart on to like let the candlelight shine through. I have like this banner that says prom at the end. I even had in one of the stalls that was like newly very clean. I had a table set up with her favorite dinner. Like I went all out. I actually have a very low quality picture to show you of this that I pulled from the 2013 archive of my Instagram. But look, 
I mean, okay? Move over, Nicholas Sparks. A new person has arrived, you know? I love it. And she said, yes, obviously. And so, you know, and, and in that moment, like I, I was like, I, I made this bold ask. I did this bold thing to invite this person to go to prom with me. And it sealed my uh, reality of not going to prom alone, <laughs> right? Like I, 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 there was this moment where I thought, okay, I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna go out and I am going to invite this person into my life in a bold way so that my, the reality of what my prom would look like would change. And then we went and danced next to beluga whales at the aquarium. Like you can write a book on the romance of my life if you'd like to. It's, it would, uh, it's okay. I wouldn't, I would say it's okay. Right. And so like, but we, 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 we do these things. I made this ask because I wanted for my, the ceiling of my reality to change. And in high school, like this is, this is kind of what we do, right? Like, or even now, even in online dating, like we try to like, or in dating somebody, we're like, oh, okay, I'm going to like make this ask to get coffee or to get dinner because I want the reality to seal the reality of what my life looks like to be different. I want the, well, I want to seal it so I can have a relationship. I want to seal it so I can find love. I want to seal it for whatever purpose. And in the book of Ephesians, this guy named Paul talks about this concept of sealing with the Holy Spirit. And I think that this is something that we miss so often as the church that we need to lean into today. So I want to look at it in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. He's writing to the church of Ephesus and he says, In him, you also, in Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So I thought this girl was awesome and attractive and everything I wanted in a prom date. And so I boldly took the step to ask her to go to prom with me so I could seal the fate of what my prom would look like. But so often we kind of go about like the Holy Spirit is way out of our league. Uh, if, you, if you remember in high school or even now, I don't know, but I'm just gonna go high school to like soften the blow for you, right? In high school, you might walk around and you see that girl or that guy in the halls every day, and you're like, oh, wow, that, that person's attractive, right? Like, in the perfect world, I would ask that person out on a date, but they're way out of my league, and so I'm not going to do it. Isn't that kind of how we treat the Holy Spirit? Like, we think that the Spirit is attractive, but we never take the step to invite him into our lives. Like we love the way that he looks, right? Like when we, we see somebody next to us, like worshiping boldly in a way that we've never understood worship or getting things out of the word of God that we've never gotten out of it or hearing, uh, hearing him tell us to do things in boldness. And we're like, why does their life look so different? I want that. But we're scared to take the step to invite that in. See, I think that uh, too often we treat the Holy Spirit like that uh, guy that's out of our league or that girl that's out of our league. And we think to ourselves, man, that, that guy, oh, I'm, I'm too ugly to be around that guy. Or oh, I'm, too bro I'm too broken to be with them. Like, oh, what would people think? Like, oh, I don't know if I could, I could take that step to ask that person out. With the Holy Spirit, don't we think the same things? I'm too, oh, I'm too broken for him to use me. Uh, I, I don't have enough purpose. Like, I don't understand Jesus enough. I haven't been going to church long enough. I've got too much baggage. baggage. How can the Holy Spirit use me. Well, I'm telling you today that he wants to. And maybe, maybe it's not that he's not trying. It's that you haven't allowed him in. 
And the way that we change that is simply by praying and asking the Spirit to enter into our lives and enter into our everyday and enter into our situations. Like, what would that look like? How would that change? It would flip the script in the way we see Jesus. It would flip the script in seeing Jesus as this religious deity to this personal Savior that wants to walk and do life with us every single day. It would flip the script from you seeing church as just some event you gather at to being a body of believers that that just come together in worship of the Spirit. It would change the way that we viewed our lives if we would just lean in and say, hey, God wants to use me. Let me invite the Spirit in. See, regardless of, of where we are at, here's what I believe, that the Spirit, until we let the Spirit into our lives, we, we will miss out on all that Jesus wants to do in us and all that Jesus wants to do through us. Until we allow him in, we will miss out on what he wants to do. See, the Holy Spirit is our ceiling of the inheritance that we have in heaven. Jesus talks about in the Lord's Prayer, bringing the kingdom of God to, or kingdom of heaven to earth. And a lot of us have no comprehension of what that could mean because we've never understood how to walk in heaven now. I'm telling you that literally it says, Paul says that it's the, the sealing of the spirit that helps us understand our inheritance. And our inheritance is in heaven. If you want to experience heaven right now, got to invite the Holy Spirit into your situations. See, he's the sealing of our salvation, just like a wedding ring is for a marriage. So we are in week two of our series called Devoted. And last week, Stephen Gibbs brought the word and he talked about how worship is our weapon that we use to battle. And can we just give it up for Stephen Gibbs one time, our senior pastor? What a guy. He's actually not here right now because he officiated his daughter's wedding yesterday, which is awesome. And so he probably only cried like 36 times, you know, not too, not too many. But man, I love, I'm so humbled that Stephen's the kind of leader that would allow someone like me to be on the stage talking to you about this, but I'm so passionate about what this is because last week Stephen talked about how the early church had certain habits and certain routines that they did uh, that the Holy Spirit, that God used to turn the world upside down, right? That because they had these certain ingredients, God used those ingredients to flip the script and turn what the world knew on its head. And in Acts, in Acts 2, uh, is, is we talk about the early church and that we see what the early church looked like and who the early church was and how it was beginning to grow. And one of the apostles in Acts 2, his name was Peter. And Peter started uh, preaching this message to these cities of Judea and Jerusalem. And, and in his message, I think that what he says is really important for us today too. So I want to read it. Acts 2, 38 through 41. It says, and Peter said to them, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your, uh, of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to extort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So that who, who received this word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Was that 120 people listen to this, or that believers existed before this message. At the end, there were 3,000. I don't think that's because Peter was just some bomb speaker, okay? I think it's because he intentionally had the Holy Spirit come into the situation. 
He intentionally invited the spirit into every single one of their lives and they opened up their hearts and responded and the church blew up. What would it look like if the people in this room, myself included, would just open up our hands and say, Holy Spirit, do with us what you need. How would the church look different? See, Peter calls for these people to repent which means to admit their sin to God. And in that repentance, they'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is a gift that's given to you by your creator, by your father, by your sustainer, He's this, by your savior? He's this gift that is given so that you don't have to walk through life alone so that you don't have to figure out how to follow Jesus on your own. So you don't have to figure out where to find wisdom and discernment. Like, and the, all of that comes in the spirit and it's a gift to you so that you can see the real Jesus. And, and in the book of John, Jesus is about to go to the cross. So he's about to be crucified and he's been walking with his disciples for a while now, right? He's been walking with them for years and they're used to doing life with him and they're used to uh, praying with him and they're used to eating with him and they're used to seeing him personally, physically in a tangible way every single day. And he's trying to be like, hey, I'm gonna prepare you because I'm not gonna be here for long. And he's about to go and die on the cross and he's, gonna, he's telling his disciples, his 12 closest followers, hey, I am leaving. I'm going to die. I'm not going to be here, but you're not going to be alone. How does that happen? Let's check it out. In John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. See, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying a few things that I believe that as his church, we need to grasp hold of today. We can't miss it. See, he says that he won't leave us, but instead he will give us this helper to dwell in us, to lead us to him, to lead us to life. And he will give us this helper that will help us to see him even when he's not here. And I, to be honest, like at first glance, you're like, how does that make sense? If he's not going to be here, how am I going to see him? And why is it that certain people can see him, but certain people can't? Like he literally says, hey, the world won't see me, but you as my disciples will see me. Why can't they see me? How do you see me? Lots of questions. And Judas, one of his disciples has the same question in verse 22. It says, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Same question. And Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me and does not keep my words uh, and, and the word that you, uh, that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus says that when someone starts to follow him, the spirit makes his home within them. But it's better than that. He doesn't just say the spirit. He says that we make our home within that person. Do you understand what that means? Like, do you grasp what he's saying here? He's not just saying that you're filled with the spirit. 
It means that the Holy Spirit creates the connection that we long for between us and Jesus. So what you need to know is that the Spirit brings connection. And there are many of us who come to church on a regular basis and who've been following Jesus for a while. And we come to church every week and maybe we even read our Bibles, but we've never experienced this regular, intimate connection with Jesus. Like we know about him, but it's rare that we experience the life that comes with him. The life that we read about in the Bible, we're like, well, that was just then. No, it's now. You're just missing the ingredients. Or maybe some of you don't know Jesus and you're wondering why some people in the room are sold out to this thing they can't even see, right? They're like, why do we worship this deity that's in the sky that we have no concept of? Like, why are people worshiping, acting like he's right here and they're talking to him when you can't see him? I I don't get it. Well, maybe it's because we are, like Jesus says, his disciples do. Maybe we have the spirit that we're experiencing the real Jesus that without following Jesus, you miss out on. Maybe there's this difference. There's this key ingredient that some of us are missing this morning called the Holy Spirit. See, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He brings to life the connection that all of us long to have with God. Do you feel lonely right now? Do you feel stuck? Do you feel like no one's hearing you? Like, do you feel like God is this cool concept, but not this tangible power in your life? Do you feel like Jesus is this historical character, but not the living and active word of God? Maybe, just maybe, if you would invite the Spirit in today, you would begin to see the real Jesus. Maybe you think you know who Jesus is but the real Jesus would radically change the way you live. The real Jesus would radically change the way that we see God. Maybe you invite the Spirit in today. See, some of us are Christians, but we don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's that's why, like, our faith is so bland. Like, you get bored in your faith— It's because you're not inviting the Spirit in, and it's because I'm not inviting the Spirit in. And there's these moments where we're like, ah, my faith feels stagnant. It's because we miss out on the Spirit, but there's an easy fix. It's praying. Hey, I'm going to open up my hands. I'm going to open up my heart, and I'm going to say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you flood my everyday? Would you flood this meeting I'm about to have? Would you flood this conversation with my spouse I'm about to have? Would you flood this, my prayer life, the way that I read the Bible? Would you flood the way that I lead my kids? Holy Spirit, would you lead me in wisdom and discernment? And would it not, not be me, but would it be you? Would you lead? We need to have daily declarations and daily prayers that the, so that the Holy Spirit can change our day to day. See, I believe that the, the Holy Spirit consistently speaks and nudges us through something that in the church world we call promptings of the Spirit. Everybody say promptings of the Spirit. See, what promptings are, I would refer to as it's that little push that you need to go be bold. It's that little push that you need to go live the life that Jesus is calling you to live. I think, think about like... Um, and think about like when, when like, you know, somebody is about to like trying to get hyped up to like ask some girl out or ask that guy out. And you're, you're like, oh, I'm nervous. My hands are sweating. I don't know if I should do it. It's that best friend leaning in and saying, just do it. Just go. That's what the promptings of the Spirit are for us. 
is, it's that little push that we need that the Holy Spirit is trying to give us and saying, hey, not only am I going to send you, I'm going to come along with you and we're going to do this thing. Like maybe it's, maybe it's like that, those names that come pop in your mind throughout your weekly basis. Like on a weekly basis, you got those names that pop in your mind. You're like, oh yeah, I wonder how they're doing. I haven't talked to them in a while. Maybe I should text them. And then you kind of just get back to work and, or go back to school and you never actually do it. Never give them a call. I don't, or maybe, maybe it's that, uh, that person, that homeless guy that you see while you're driving. And, uh, you know, something in you goes, hey, I should probably pray for them. Like, you know, I can inconvenience myself enough to pull over, get out of the car and pray for them. Or I bless them, but instead I'm just going to pretend that I'm on my phone. Just scroll. Or maybe it's, it's, when, it's, it's when we like feel like we know there's somebody in our family or in our neighborhood or a friend group that's hurting, that's in pain, that needs somebody. And we know that we should invite them out to dinner or we should go over to their house or we should go ask to pray for them, but we don't because we allow busyness to kind of stand in the way. See, I believe that these maybe could be promptings of the Spirit. This could be that little, that little push, that little nudge that God's trying to give you to say, hey, if you would lean in, if you would text that person, maybe their suicidal desperation they're battling with would go away. If you would help that homeless guy, like maybe he would start going to church. Maybe he would experience Jesus and his salvation would be secure even when his home life isn't. Like maybe uh, that person that's in pain, that's hurting, that's longing for community, like it would bless your life if you go and talk to them and pray for them. And maybe like, I want you to baptize them here next Sunday. If, if, if we only knew the result before we did the action, wouldn't we always do it? Right? Like if we are like, oh yeah, like I know that this person is going to feel valued. So of course I'm going to text them. Hey, I know this person's going to give their life to Jesus, so of course I'm going to tell them the gospel. Hey, I know this person's going to want to get baptized, so of course I'm going to extend the invitation. Well, the reality is, is we don't know the end result, but we kind of do because we know that the Lord goes with us. And even if we don't see the immediate fruit, he's doing something. And there will never be a moment where you regret it. See, you'll regret what, you never regret what you did. You'll regret what you didn't do. You'll never regret the prayer that you prayed for somebody, the gospel conversation you have. You'll never leave a gospel conversation and be like, Gosh, I wish I didn't tell them about Jesus. You know, gosh, I wish I didn't pray for them. I hated that I did that. Like, you'll never feel that. But there, there's so many times in my life, I know that I've been like, I missed it. Ah, I missed that opportunity. I sh- if I would have just stepped in there, what could have happened? What if we would just listen to every single prompting for a week? What could God do through your life, through my life, through our church? What could he do? See, the Holy Spirit turns you from spiritually weak into a witness for his kingdom. He turns you from being this, uh, from being this person who f- backs down in fear to stepping in in power. See, what if we surrendered our understanding, our comfort, and our schedule to the promptings of the Spirit and allowed him to guide our week instead of what we think is best for our week? It would change everything. It would change the way we see Jesus and the way that we feel purpose. See, another thing that we need to know this morning is that the Spirit brings freedom. The Spirit brings freedom. And I love this part of the Spirit. Because man, don't we all have a desire to be free? Don't we have an all desire to not be stuck? Let me ask you, are you feeling stuck this morning? You feel like you're stagnant? You feel like you're stuck with out a way out? Like, do you feel stuck in religiosity? Like, you think Christianity is just some rules and regulations and that's it? Do you feel stuck in pain? You feel broken and you feel like there's nothing that can be the glue that could 
pull you back together? Do you feel stuck in complacency? Like your, feels, your faith feels like this stagnant water and you don't, how to, you're, you don't know how to make a splash again. And so you just feel like you keep going and feeling stagnant and like your faith is dying. You feel uh, like you're, are you stuck in addiction? You feel like there's these cycles of addiction that you're in and you don't know how to break out of them. And at this point, like these addictions have just become your identity and you're like, oh no, freedom's not for me. This is just me. Are you stuck there? Are you stuck in loneliness, thinking that no one cares, that your life doesn't matter? What's the point? Are you stuck in pride? Maybe you're on the other side. Oh, no, my life's good. No, it's good. It's good. No, I, I, I'm, I'm strong enough. I can deal with this. I, I, no, there's no way that my life could get better right now. No, no, no. Uh, there's, there's, I'm good. Like, we're good. I got it. Are you stuck there? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but... There is a daily antidote that can break your chains and lead you to freedom. And his name is Jesus. And the only way that we can experience him, that we can connect with him, is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way for us to experience this freedom. See, the Spirit brings this connection. And what you need to know about this is, like, we so often miss it. We miss the connection that the Spirit wants to bring, the connection that, that Jesus has for us. It's like, it would be like, hey, I'm going to travel to a different state and I'm going to le- just bring the, the brick for my phone charger and my phone, but I'm going to leave the cord at home. That would be dumb, right? Like, oh yeah, let me just, I'm, my phone's about to die, so I'm the most stressed I'll ever be in my life, and I'm just going to put the brick in the wall and hope it works. It's silly, but it's how we approach our faith, right? We, we put the, we, we, we say, all right, God, I know you're the power source. I'm dying. Help. But we don't go to the connection. We don't bring in the connective tissue that is the Holy Spirit between us and the power of the real Jesus. But only in that connection do we find the freedom that he desires for us to have. Only in that connection do we find the purpose that he desires for us to have. Because where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. For 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Spirit of the, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you aren't experiencing freedom today, it might just be because you're not accessing the Spirit. It might just be because you aren't allowing Him in. It might just be because you see your chains as too big for the Spirit to break. And I can promise you today that God has a different solution for you. And it's the connection that is the Holy Spirit that wants to break through your life and bring you peace. See, I want to revisit the last verse of that, that section in John that we looked at earlier. Uh, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, hey, I'm leaving. But guess what? I'm leaving you with a helper. And guess what he does? He brings freedom and what? Peace. Verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Where the Spirit is, there is freedom, there is presence, there is peace, and there is comfort. If you just lean in and invite the Spirit into your life today. See, church, it's, it's time to change some things. If we want to see revival happen in this place, we, we have to start by let, allowing ourselves to see revival within us first. Like there has to be this personal revival before there can be this corporate revival. And some of us need to be revived today. Some of us need a revival today. And it comes in the name and the form of the Holy Spirit. Any of you wondering why I have some milk? 
Because <laughs> I've been, I've been wondering last month. You might be like, this guy weird, but he just sits up here and drinks some milk. <laughs> no, I don't. Because here's the reality. I, I hate milk. I hate it. I, I hate it. I say it weird too. Like I think I say M-E-L-K. I don't know. Milk. I say milk. But I, I don't like milk. I didn't grow up liking milk, so I, I hated it. Like I still don't. Like anybody else not like milk? Any milk? Yeah, good. We're not alone. This is the church I want to be a part of right here, okay? I don't like milk. And so growing up, my mom would be like, Sean, drink your milk. And I'm like, mom, you don't drink milk. So shut up, right? I'm not drinking milk. So I got milk though, and like every time I wanted to drink milk, what would I do? I would go to the pantry and I'd pull out the chocolate, okay? So I'm like, this makes this thing drinkable, okay? Like this on its own, this is bland, okay? This is flavorless, this is disgusting. I don't like the thought of where this comes from, right? Like I don't want milk, okay? I think it's gross. But one ingredient changes the entire course of what this is, right? See, one ingredient, this chocolate, adds flavor to the milk that brings out a different side of it. Right? That's what I did every time. And now there's chocolate, and there's flavor, and there's life in this disgusting milk. <laughs> but if I could be honest, this is kind of how our church looks. Right here is this flavorless version of church that no one wants to be a part of. It's this church that someone walks into and go, yeah, I'll, I'll never come back. It's that church that goes, yeah, I'm, it's better for me just to sleep in. Uh, it's better for me just to, you know, hang out, have a nice morning on Sundays. See, this is the flavorless church that just sees Sunday mornings as the only time to worship Jesus. This is the stagnant church that doesn't see, uh, that doesn't step into the boldness that the Holy Spirit is calling them to. But I, I gotta be honest, like where we're at, I think we got the Holy Spirit, right? Like, I, think he's, I think he's here. I think he's present. But I don't think he's in all of us. And I gotta be honest, the only way we're gonna see revival happen is if we are united under one spirit and that is the Holy Spirit. And if we all lean in, have personal revival every single day with the Holy Spirit, there is, the church is not gonna help but be able to grow and break out and the community is not gonna help be able to take notice. See, we gotta lean in and some of us are just right here. We're like, yeah, he's here, but like, oh, do I let him have my whole life? I don't know. He's here, oh, do I lean in and like, Surrender everything? Do I let him like really guide the way that I do my job? Like that's job, this is church. They don't go together. Newsflash, they should. Right, Holy Spirit should be a part of your family. The Holy Spirit should be a part of your decision-making. And only until then, will I, only when that happens will our church look different. And so, church, today, I can tell you right now, it's time to shake it up, okay? It's time for church to look different and to get some flavor back in it and for us to see revival break out. No more milk, okay? Chocolate milk. Listen, in all seriousness, it's the only way that we're gonna see the church that the Lord desires for this place to be. It's for the Holy Spirit to flood in and for it to just look different. 
And it needs to be all of us. Like, I don't know about, I'm, I'm ready to see some baptisms. I'm ready to see some salvation and some life change. And for people that are hopeless in our city to stop feeling hopeless. And for people who are thinking about ending their lives to find new purpose. Like, I'm ready to see that. Are you? Like, come on. I'm ready for it. And we got to lean in order to see it. Like it's a, it's a cute concept, but in order for it to be tangible, we have to allow the tangible God to come into our circumstances through the presence of the Holy Spirit. As I close today, I want, I want to go back into the early church, back to Acts 2. And as we read, there was, there was this moment where, where Peter preached this sermon and said, repent, be baptized, and the Holy Spirit will enter. And then we go to this part of like what the early church did. Right after this, the early church did this in Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And guess what happened? The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Church, do we want to see people come to know Jesus day by day, those who are being saved? I can tell you it's not just because they gathered. A lot of people would be like, well, it's because they consistently gathered and they were together all the time. I don't think so. I think it's because right before they started gathering, they approached the Holy Spirit. Right before they started gathering, they repented for their sin. They approached God and said, I'm done with it just being me. I want to allow the Spirit into every part of me to drive the way I follow Jesus and I do church. Stone Creek, we got to do the same thing. And I believe that if each of us would pray and ask the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our situations, into our circumstances, into our every decision, the Lord would bless it. And day by day, 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 we would see the Lord add to the number of people who are being saved here at Stone Creek. But it takes each of us, not the small majority, the whole, to lean into the Spirit to see things change. Can we invite him into this place right now? Come on. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, I'm so grateful for you. Lord, I am grateful for your presence. I am grateful for your spirit. And I'm grateful that you've given us this helper to be the connective tissue, the connective point between us and you. And Jesus, I pray that you would flood this place right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move through the hearts and the lives of each of our people, that it would look different. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that first approaches your spirit and first approaches your throne before we try to do anything else. And I pray that you would bless those moments and that we would see day after day after day after day people being saved. So with eye, all eyes closed and heads bowed, like there's two groups of people I think today. And the first one is, is someone who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe you walked in here and you feel stuck and you feel hopeless and you feel without a purpose. And, or you, you've heard about Jesus, you've heard about God, but it's always been this religious thing that's never meant anything because you've never allowed the Spirit to bring to life what's written in the Bible. 
And if that's you, I'm just gonna be honest, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to be, that's your part of the whole to play for us to see revival. And so if that's you, I want you to repeat after me, pray this prayer, Jesus, I want you, I choose you, I desire you, but I'm sorry for all the times I've run away, I'm done. Well, I, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe you are who you say you are. And I pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit right now in this moment and my life would begin to look new. And if that's you, I want you to take this bold act because I promise you the Spirit's gonna act, ask you to do a lot more bold things in your life. I want you to take this bold move and raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, it's awesome. Praise Jesus. For the rest of us, and maybe you're following Jesus and you've lost sight of who he is. You've lost sight of how he can influence the everyday in your life. So as a church with hopes that we could be united in one spirit, could we just, I'm just gonna lead us in a prayer. I'd love for you just to repeat this with me, all of us right now. Holy Spirit, would you flood this place? Holy Spirit, would you change my life? Holy Spirit, would you be in my every day? Holy Spirit, would you drive the decisions that I make? Holy Spirit, would you call me to do something bold? Holy Spirit, would you make sure that I listen? Holy Spirit, would you change the way that I worship and the way that I see the real Jesus? Father, we love you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for your presence. It's in your beautiful name that we pray.